You guys get blessed today because my wife is going to share uh, today on uh, a resolving conflict, and it's going to be very profound uh, because it's from the Bible. But not only that, but uh, my wife has um, walked through this herself in lots of different ways, and you'll be blessed by it. I'm going to follow up on a, just before that, I want to follow up on a few changes that we've made in our uh, pastoral team. We've already, those of you who are in our One Heart, One Mind meeting two months or so ago, um, we already kind of made some announcements, some changes. We've made lots of different changes. Um, how many know that as a leadership team, as you grow, God releases new people all the time? And it's, it's a good thing. And we've had uh, children's pastors uh, rise up. Um, we have uh, Chase, um, you know, and uh, and uh, the, their various youth, young adults, uh, ministry leaders, uh, rising up, we have Ira as our care pastor, as our city pastor, um, Angela as facilitators in office, Vicky with finance, Brenda, who was just up here, um, runs our office and admin team. We have all kinds of different worship leaders. We have Mitchell in our children's church. Um, we have a councils. We have um, a behind-the-scenes cleaning crews. We have marriage ministries. Isn't it God awesome how God is? Uh, you, you may not know this, but when we first started, I was in charge of everything. And God purposely put someone who was not competent to do all those kinds of things in charge because then he would release other people to do it uh, and not think the church was built around him. Uh, some of the changes that we've made um, concern Jody and I um, just in the way that we partner together. And um, we've already, our district leaders, Ronna Susan Pinkston, Stuart Nice, our pastor, our adventure council, our local pastor, oral staff, and even our local leaders um, are 100% behind all the things that we've made the changes to. So we just wanted to let you know. Uh, we're a church that encourages people to operate in their gifts. Do you think that's a good idea? That means that if you're operating in the gifts that you have, then you're going to be most effective. Um, if we want to answer God's call, and we do as a church, how many believe that God has more for the Adventure Church? Yeah, I, I do too. And, um, and we won't be pastoring it forever because one day we'll die and God will move on. You know, he doesn't need us. God's got other people and he's got other plans and one day that will happen. But if we want to answer God's call for a church, we have to follow him. And our team has been shifting to try to hear the Lord in those things. As many of you know that Jody and I are really officially co-lead pastors. We both lead this church um, together. It's not just Eric, the leader. Um, we're, we're a team. Do I hear amen? And um, I, I know that might sound crazy in some circles, but, but, it's, but it's not. It's, it's how uh, God has called us to do. We're a team. We're not a team that fights over things. Um, we, we believe God's called us. Um, and people have asked sometimes, what do you think the greatest calling is? And when I hang out with a bunch of pastors, they go, pastoring is the greatest call. You know, I hang out with firemen, they go, firemen's the greatest call. You know what the greatest calling is? Is to be who God created you to be. That's the greatest calling. If you answer that, if you become that, then that becomes the most fulfilling and it also makes you the most effective and it makes you the most complimentary to the gifts that are around you. Um, I've been kind of the day-to-day -day lead pastor, you know, running things and day-to-day -day operations. And Ira has also been stepping in and, you know, helping me because it's not really my strength. I'm much better at, um, I'm more of an apostolic type of leader. I don't mean it like a, 
uh, uh, thinking higher than your, of yourself than you ought. I'm apostolic. But I'm more of a pioneer. How many know that about me? Okay, I'm the person that, you know, church planting and things like that are my strengths. And not just church planting, but leadership development and developing some of the pastors. And um, I love one-on-one mentoring, that kind of thing. Um, And I'm also a teacher and more creative. I'm a creative person. I worked in creative industry for many years. Um, I, I have... Doing normal day-to-day pastoring things sucks my will to live. How many know that about me, too? Many of you know that. Today. It's like I can do some of the things. But I'm not the, all right, let's release this ministry and let's get that going. That's not one of my strengths. Um, fortunately, I'm married to a wife who it is her strength and who's very strong in this. And as we, we co-lead, we want to move more into the kind of giftings that fit who we are. Um, I am going to be responsible for the theology in our church oversight. I'll be doing the bulk of uh, the teaching. Um, But as you know, we want to raise up other teachers, other worship leaders. Do I hear an amen? Because guess what? We have to plant churches, but not only that, but God raises up people. I see see young Christian over here and um, Ryan and other leaders that God's just raising them up. And we we want to give place to them. But um, so, but I'll be in charge of the bulk of the teaching and kind of oversighting some of that, and then creative development, and then focusing more in our church on evangelism, which is my true passion. And I'm also going to be um, working. Jody and I will be partnering together in leadership development. We work with uh, a lot of the young leaders and helping them raise up. We'll be doing that locally and abroad. Jody and I are responsible for uh, church planting and church multiplication in California, Utah, and Nevada for a very big deno- a group of mission movement. And so that is something that's pretty fun. Um, how, many are, how many say amen to all that God's doing? It's exciting. You know, when I, when, I, when I listen to it and I think about it, I think, here's this stoner who got saved, and now he's in Utah, and God's doing all these cool things. Amen? It's, it's really, really, really cool. And, you know, some of you know, the one who led me to the Lord and really was my first mentor was Jody Van Ree. She mentored me in the Lord, and she, you know, kind of reminds me of those early um, lady church leaders that planted all those churches at the beginning. And uh, Jody is going to, just like I'm a lead pastor, she's going to lead, uh, she's going to be the lead pastor taking over all the day-to-day operations, you know, and by the way, Ira and, you know, how many know we're not a top-down type of church? We're, we're, a, we're an empowering church. One of the things that Jody is really good at is releasing people and believing in people. She's going to be taking over that lead pastor with church leadership ministry, direction, development. And I want you to know, and this is just the reality, is God trusts Jody. I don't know, have you ever met one of those people that you walk around and you're going, why is God's favor always on that woman? Even when we argue, God takes her side. I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, God's, and she's been through her, I'm not saying she's trial free, but I know that God has a special place. And I thank God when I look around and I just see all the people that God's raising up. And, you know, I think there's many times where, my own personal gifts 
have limited the amount of release that we've had in our church. Not because I don't believe in those, but I'm not really the manager type of leader. That's really not my strength. And, um, and Jody is a great leader and a great manager that way. And she, I believe the new roles are from God. We shared it with uh, almost 100 leaders yesterday um, who've already kind of been walking through us with it, but just made it more official. And I believe you're going to be blessed by it. I believe our church will move forward into the next season as we move into roles that best fit us. Amen? So um, with that, Jody, come on up here and share your heart. Let's hear it for Jody Van Ree, shall we? We're vying for space up here for the laptops. <clears throat> he wins. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've shared with you guys about going to Israel and, uh, you know, with a group of women leaders from around the world. And uh, they were some pretty amazing women that I got to travel with and I got to know. And we spent an entire year being mentored and poured into and... I had a coach, a life coach, and uh, one of her roles in my life was, you know, kind of to help me to define who I was in the Lord and what the gifts I had and my history and all of that and how it, it had formed me into the person that I was and how that would affect my direction. And uh, at one point she, you know, she asked, what do you feel like the Lord is saying to you right now? What do you believe the Lord is calling you to? And I think I was telling Tim yesterday, I, I couldn't even say it out loud. I mean, I kind of threw up a little bit in my mouth and just like I couldn't, like I was too scared to even say what I felt that the Lord was calling me to. And, and as we, we all know, um, you know, if, if you feel like, like something is way bigger than anything you could possibly do in your own strength, it, it very likely could be the Lord. Because He's the one who calls us, but he's also the one who equips us. We cannot equip ourselves. We are not, we are not built for that. And so, um, you know, when, when she asked me that, God was already preparing my heart for this change in my roles. You know, I've, I've been the mom. I've been staying home with my kids. And um, it's been a joy for me. I would not change one thing. Well, I would change some things. I mean, I blew it a lot of the time. But <laughs> I mean, as far as the decisions that we made, you know, I, I mean, I don't have any regrets about how I, how I walked for these first several years, even after we planted the church. And um, so the Lord prepared me even a year before anything ever came out, and and then it was in June that Eric just approached me and said, you know, I really feel like you need to start stepping into this new role of leadership in the church, and you need to start becoming more of who God has created you to be. And to be honest with you, I had been a, a very hesitant and reluctant leader because of several issues I think I had to work through in my own heart, my own insecurities, and and everything, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that God has called me to this role and to partner with him. And and yesterday morning when I was praying about it, I had the picture of when Elijah comes 
And he puts his, his cloak around Elisha. And not like, you know, he's going to go die now. But, um, <laughs> but I just felt that, that change and that covering. And, it, and I, I just knew that it was from the Lord. And so um, I just, I love you guys so much. And I am so honored to be able to lead such an amazing group of people. And to release people into who God has called them to be. You know, one of the gifts the Lord has given me is the ability to see people beyond where they are today. And I'm excited. I know that, you know, our mission statement is that we love God and love people. But but one of my goals is that, that this church would have the reputation in our city and in our state as being a loving church. That's beyond everything else. I don't really care about anything else other than that we glorify God in that way, is that we love him first and foremost, but then we practically love one another. And so I also feel that God has mandated us to raise up and release the younger leaders. And now that doesn't exempt um, people that are maybe older, because I believe that God wants us to, to raise up the people who have walked with the Lord longer to be able to pour into the younger people so that they can be confident and secure. And the third thing that I really feel that the Lord is mandating us to do is, you know, the Bible says that every member working, and I don't mean working as in, you know, doing all these tasks, just like Eric said, every member becoming who they are called to be. And, and working and operating and functioning in their gifts and in their callings. Because really, that is the only way to freedom in Christ. As you know, I say this probably every single week. It's if we seek to save our lives, we'll lose it. But if we lose our lives for his sake, we will surely find them. And it is through serving God and obviously serving his people, being the visible body of Christ on this earth. So... I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm excited for this new season. I was sharing yesterday, you know, the September is kind of always my new year. I don't know why, but, but ever since I became a Christian, September has been a really pivotal month for me. And I feel like this month is no different. So thank you guys so much for just being so amazing, being so loving. And um, I don't know, just just receiving me and, um, and becoming everything God has called you to be. So God bless you. Thank you. Eric Nelson, you want to come up? Too? Yeah. I don't know how more obvious I could have been. Ira, come on up. Ira, come on up. <laughs> We're going to pray for her. Lord, we thank you that you are the head of the church, the great King of kings, Lord of lords, our mighty God, our resurrected Christ. We praise your mighty name, and we thank you as head of the church that you have led us uh, into a, a new season at the adventure. And we lay hands on Jody Van Ree, Lord, a dear friend for over 30 years to me, but someone who you have called in this place, 
to honor you and to lead this group forward in a new way. And we come before you right now and we thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, we anoint her by the power of the Holy Spirit to lead with authority, to lead with courage, and to lead with love. We rejoice in what, we're, what you're doing and we affirm it in Jesus' name. Anybody else want to pray? Lord, just as you called Ezekiel to stand and, and to receive the words that uh, you had to give to your people, Lord, I just had that since yesterday, and I didn't share it, but today, Lord, just as you've done that, and we can read that, and we can read about those situations, Lord, we just pray that the word that, that you want to pass on to us as your body Lord, that as you give it to Jody to speak that, that she would stand and that she would just be able to take that and that she would just, as she eats it, as she devours the word in her times, Lord, it it would just come out sweet and and like honey in her stomach, but also to us as well. And that it would be the instruction that we need, Lord, just to be able to move forward. Lord, just... As you've anointed Ezekiel, anoint her in the same way, Lord, to just be bold and to be courageous and to speak those words that you give her. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, and I thank you for Jody and who she is, Lord. And, um, Lord, just the influencer. Lord, she's a humble leader, Lord, who loves people. And, uh, Lord, just as we want to lay hands on everyone, Lord, to release them into exactly who they're supposed to be. Lord, that's your calling, that we're being conformed to the image of Christ and that we're uh, filled with the gifts, Lord, to bless the body, Lord, to build everyone up, all that we'd all together be one, as is Jody's heart. We lay hands on her and release her into the calling that you've given her, Lord. Lord, help her to be, Lord, the greatest of all as the servant of all. Lord, and I pray that you'd give her a power and authority, Lord, according to who you've made her to be. Lord, and help her to be a blessing to each person, Lord. Lord, and raise up those that would partner with her. Lord, that would come alongside. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that you have called us male, female, young, old, uh, to draw near to you. That you've given us all these gifts of leadership and serving, encouraging if it's giving, if it's serving, serve. If your gift is giving, give. If it's leadership, then lead. And Lord, I pray that she would. So we just lay hands on her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I kind of um, messed up the other mic. Kind of fell. Just a little bit. So, you know, when I was talking about um, being loving, uh, you know, Jesus calls us in John 3, verse 3, to be born again. So what that means is that we are to be born of the Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, which means that we are not supposed to look like the world, right? Am I right? Am I right about that? Yeah, there should be a difference. You know, um, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't act like my neighbor who doesn't know the Lord, right? 
We're not on a, on a level playing field, right? And whatever we do, the Bible says, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. For it is the Lord you are serving, not humans. We're not serving human beings. We're, we're really serving the Lord, whatever we do. And the words worship and service are interchangeable. That's how we serve the Lord. And so today, I know that it might not seem like the best day to do this message um, on resolving conflict and on what Jesus says about, about confrontation, but I feel like this is one of the areas that the church, I mean, the, the body of Christ is lacking because I think that we look too much like the world in this. And the Bible is so awesome. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. And this particular passage, without exaggerating, I I would say that, you know, I'm an auditory learner, so I put my little earphones in, and then I, I literally walk with the Lord. So I put my headphones in, and I put on a particular chapter, and I just walk. And I have listened to Matthew chapter 18 no less than 300 times in the last few months. Over and over and over. And I have to say that God's word is so amazing. I feel like I'm, every time I listen to it, I get more out of it. I get more insight. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, don't feel like you have to do this. Start in Genesis and go all the way through to Revelation. Plant yourself somewhere where the Lord is speaking to you. You know what I'm saying? The Bible is eternal, so it'll still be there when you go to the next part. (laughs) I mean, you want to read the whole counsel of God. You want to read the whole Bible. But when God is really ministering to you in a particular section, that means that he has something he wants to say to you there. And so today, I want to talk about confrontation. Now, the word confrontation isn't, isn't necessarily in this passage in Matthew 18, but that's really what it's about. And it's, you know, when we hear the word confrontation, what are some of the images that come up in your mind? Anybody? This is the interactive part where you guys talk. Confrontation, what do you think of? Anybody? Arguing. What else? Slamming doors. Accusation. What else? Blaming other people. Yeah. What else? Disagreement. What else? Fear, gossip, yeah, all these horrible things, right? That's what we conjure up in our mind. We conjure up images of of people confronting the police, you know, or uh, somebody going on Maury Povich, you know, and confronting him. You are not the father, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we conjure up images of that, right? I mean, I, I was... Um, I was going to play a little video clip today from Les Mis. You remember the scene where the guy comes in and they're having this sword fight? That's not what Jesus is talking about. Not that kind of confrontation. Um, a lot of people in the world don't confront face-to-face either, right? How do they do it? What are some means that people confront? What? Social media. How many of you know that... Twitter has become the, uh, the most dangerous weapon in America. I mean, somebody's reputation can be ruined with one tweet, right? Words I'd never spoke when I was a kid. <laughs> Twitter, tweet. <laughs> so people confront, confront on social media, or they'll email someone, 
right? Or they'll talk to someone else about it, right? But the Bible has another direction. The Bible has another way for us to confront, right? To confront somebody in love. And, you know, last week Eric's message was all on judgment and gossip. And this really goes hand in hand with that message. Because even though it might seem like it's contrary, because, well, you shouldn't judge, so therefore you shouldn't ever confront anybody. But Jesus says something different, right? Because when we are in relationship, which most of us are, right? We are going to have disagreements. We're going to have conflicts. We're going to hurt one another. We're going to misunderstand each other. And so that is why Jesus gives us the most practical method to deal with this. And not only is it practical, this is also a deeply spiritual thing. You know, I don't think we really understand how, how deeply spiritual it is for us to honor God's word in this way and to do it the way Jesus has called, it, called us to do this. Because the thing that he prayed for in John chapter 17 was that we would be one. Even as he and the Father are one, that we would be that closely united. So... Um, Can we read this together? You guys mind reading the word of God with me together? Matthew 18, 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Pretty basic, right? Pretty black and white, right? And we come up with all these reasons why... Well, you know, they might not be open, right? So now we've talked about what, how the world confronts. So what are some of our excuses? What are some of the reasons that we don't confront? Anybody? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of being reviled. Fear of rejection. What else? Fear of hurting someone's feelings. Fear, yeah, fear that it's going to come back on you and you're going to be the one that's wrong. What else? Anything else? Breaking the, the fear of breaking fellowship with that person, right? Jesus here is talking to believers, right? Because it says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. Okay, first of all, first word is, if another believer 
Okay, so this isn't you don't this is not a lifestyle that you want to live, you know, at work. You don't want to be have the reputation of being the guy that confronts everybody, right? It's not that spirit. The spirit is one of humility, and the spirit is is that of love and of being for the other person. All the things the Bible in entirety, we are to be loving, but we need to define love the way Jesus defines love. Not just, oh, I accept everything you do and anything is fine. Because that's not really necessarily true. Because if someone offends me or hurts me or sins against me, tendency is to close our heart up and just put the hand up, right? And just walk away from that person. Rather than loving that person enough to want to reconcile with them, right? So the first thing is, if another believer sins against you, go. Okay? That's the other thing. You have to go to that person. Don't email them. Don't go on Facebook. Don't, you know, don't do anything. Don't text them. Go to them face-to-face, in private. All right? This is not the kind of thing that you can do, you know, in a group, you know, they say that a lot of times, you know, like pastors, if they have to confront someone, they'll, they'll work it into their sermon. We do not do that here. <laughs> we don't, I promise you. And if, you know, if you've known me more than, than a week, you know that this, this biblical principle is something that I live. I threatened several people this week. I said, I may or may not mention your name in this sermon because this is, I live this way. Because I have seen the fruit of it. And, and historically, when I first became a Christian, I, I was not a person who loved to confront. I still don't love to confront. Nobody loves to confront. Let me just say that. This is a difficult thing. But when I first became a Christian, I was a stuffer. So instead of actually loving the other person enough to go to them, I would just get ticked and self-justified and bitter and then I would gossip. I sound like a really great person, huh? <laughs> but the Lord just showed me. It, it, it was, I'll never forget it. It was a, one season in my life, and there were three separate incidents that came up. And the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to go to that person. I mean, this principle came to me. You need to go to that person. And I was honestly terrified I had all that fear, fear of rejection, fear of being reviled, fear of being wrong, all of those things. But, but very hesitantly and very reluctantly, I did go to each and every one of those people and showed them you know, what the Holy Spirit was showing me. And I was amazed because each one of those people thanked me. I got a couple of thank you cards which was the opposite of the reaction I was expecting. You know, what I was expecting was to be rejected. I was expecting them to argue with me, to fight against it, to justify themselves. But that's why I am so pro-confrontation, in a good way. Because I've seen the fruit of it. I have seen, there have been very few times in my life where this has gone south. And there have been a few times, and I'll share a little bit about that later. But for the most part, when we go to another believer, someone that we love, someone that we have relationship with, for the most part, 
They want to have unity with you too. Most of the time, it's either been a misunderstanding or they will humble themselves. If you come in the right spirit, they'll humble themselves and just say, you know what, I am, I am so, so sorry. I had to talk to someone yesterday that had, had sinned against me and, you know, I, I went to her and first of all, I, you know, you share your history with that person you know, remind them of your relationship. You know, it's like, hey, you know, we've, we've had a friendship for a long time, and you know I love you. You know I care about you. And so it's in that that I need to come to you and just say, you know, there's something that you did that just really, either really hurt my feelings. I, I said, you know, I said, I said, I'd heard that you said something about me, and, and it just really hurt my feelings. And immediately, I mean, she teared up and she's like, I am so sorry. She said, I did not, that was not what I meant at all. And she explained what she meant. And so there was this thing that I'd been sitting on for a couple weeks and and knew that I needed to go to her. But it was resolved in an instant. Just like that. It was totally resolved. You know, she explained herself and... I had insight, and I forgave her, and we were completely unified. And that is almost always the way that it will go. If you confront them in the right way, if you go to them with your own heart, right. So um, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Now, like Eric said, you might be wrong, you know? And you have to go into it knowing that it might be a misperception on your part, right? You might just think that they said something. I, I had another situation a few years back, and I tend to joke around a lot, and and sometimes I'm, you know, maybe I cr- cross the line of appropriateness sometimes. <laughs> and I was joking around with a friend of mine, just ha ha ha. I was at a party, and you know, I made a joke, and. Everybody laughed, and, and she came to me about a week later. She came to me really humble and really lovingly, and she just said, you know, when you told that joke at that party, that just cut me so deep because... And then she shared with me some deep insecurities that she had about, you know, what I was joking about, which, of course, was not my intention, you know, and so, so if she would have just held that against me, she probably would have built it up over time. But instead, she loved me enough and she loved our relationship enough that she was willing to come to me. She laid down her own life for me because it was a risk for her to come and make herself vulnerable and to open up and say, hey, you know, you, when you said that, that really cut me. And I was devastated and I was so sad. And so it opened up that opportunity for me to say, I am so sorry. And I had the opportunity to reconcile with her. I mean, I could have gotten defensive, right? But I knew I was wrong. And so when you go to someone, go with that spirit of humility and recognize you might be wrong. You might be the person that's seen things wrong, or you might be the one who has sinned against another. Be open to that. Um, You know, uh, I, I always talk about the ABCs of confrontation. A... You go after you have forgiven the person, right? When you read the whole Bible in, in, 
its entirety, you see that forgiveness is a foregone conclusion, right? That's like the basic fundamental of being a Christian, right? We receive the forgiveness that Jesus offered for us on the cross, right? And then we extend forgiveness to others. We extend grace to others, which implies that there is probably going to be sin or the perception of sin, right? Right? And so, but, but too often we're like the guy who, you know, he had a, a $40 million debt that he was forgiven by his master. And then the other guy who owed him 20 bucks, he's like, give it back to me. You know, that's how we are most of the time, right? I mean, that's how I am. Don't you feel kind of justified sometimes in being ticked at someone if they've hurt your feelings? Anybody? Is it just me? I'm the only one. Okay, so we have to forgive the other person before you even go to them. Do not go to them until you, are for, you have forgiven them. Don't go to them because you're angry or you're going to get them back or you're going to just show them or because you have bitterness. That is not the state that your heart can be in when you confront another person because then you're not going to communicate it in a way where there's going to be resolution, right? You guys understand this? Yes? Okay. All right. The second thing is, the B, is because we love the person. We go to them because we love them. Again, our motivation can't be because we have something that we want to get off our mind. It can't be about that. It has to be, I love you so much that I want to have reconciliation with you. I don't want to have this against you. And that's what I shared with my friend yesterday. I'm like, I don't want anything between us because I adore you. And that's why I have to tell you that when you said this and such, it, it really hurt. Right? Right? Is this making sense? Okay. All right. And then the C is we go to the other person to cover others that might be affected by this same thing. Because when my friend came to me and said that I had made this joke at this party that had hurt her feelings, it made me step back and go, oh, wow, I have to be more careful I need to be more sensitive to things like that, that that could potentially hurt someone's feelings. So when she came to me, she had already forgiven me. She came to me because she loved me, and she came, and she also helped to change my heart and to make me more sensitive to other people. And so it actually covered others that might be affected by that same sin in the future. So see, it's, it's really a win-win-win, right? Right? How many of you love to confront? All right. If you love to confront, you, you, might, you might want to take a step back and just check your heart. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> but, but truly, most of the time when I have to confront people, it's not like I'm going into it going, yeah, I can't wait. It's usually like, oh, do I have to, Jesus? Can't you just tell him? <laughs> He's better at it than me. <laughs> Don't go wanting revenge. Don't go for your justification. You know, I, this week I went up. Um, somebody was kind enough to give me a little mini retreat up in Park City. And I was up there, and I went out to dinner one night by myself. And so, you know, when you go out to dinner by yourself, you kind of you eavesdrop. I mean, I don't know about you, but I eavesdrop. <laughs> and I observe people. And, and I love people, and I love... Th- all the differences in people. And, and I saw this couple and they were sitting there and, you know, she looked up at me and she smiled at me and I smiled back at her. And, and then later the waiter came over there and like, they were giving him the hardest time. 
this woman and her husband, they were just just harassing this poor waiter. And I felt so badly for him. And I just kind of was watching this whole interaction. And having been a waitress for years, I could just completely relate to that poor guy. And then when they got their food, he reached over, grabbed her hand, and they prayed and thanked the Lord. And I was like, oh, no. Oh. And what I saw at that point was I saw how sometimes when we feel really self-justified, we get kind of pious and self-righteous, and we feel like we have the right to treat other people like that because we're not like that, right? Don't we get like that sometimes? Ugh, it's so gross. It's so ugly. And when I, when I see that in others and in myself, I just know that is just the opposite of the spirit of Jesus who is always accepting of us and always loving and always hoping that we're going to turn and that we're going to be reconciled to him and to others. So um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when you go to someone, make sure that you don't have that self-righteous attitude or that pious attitude. Because I figured, you know, once, once it got time for the bill to come around, I'm sure they felt very self-justified in not giving him a big tip. Which is, again, the opposite of Jesus, because, as you know, the Lord is very generous, right? And so I'm thinking, you know, here's this opportunity that they could, they could minister to this guy, but instead, they're just judging him. And I was, I was very sad. So I prayed not only for him, but I also prayed for them. Um, so it says that, you know, if, you're, if your brother or sister listen and confess, you have gained, which is... Cardano, I think. I practiced this several times. Cardano, I think it is. All you uh, Greek scholars, you can correct me later. But um, it's, this word is a specific word. It means that you have won this person back into relationship, right? Which is the goal. Unity, again, is what Jesus prayed for. And you know, Matthew talks a lot about gaining things, but This word is a specific word that talks about a relationship, that you have won your brother back. You have gained that person back. But, there's always a but, if you're unsuccessful, then what? What is step two? Take one or two with you and go back so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. This is very seldom. Honestly, I have to say, Jesus is so nice that step one is almost always the way that things get resolved. But sometimes that confrontation will not go the way that it's supposed to. For whatever reason, either you're confronting in the wrong spirit or the other person isn't open to it. Hopefully it's the latter, because in that case, that's when you do step two. And you go and you take one or two witnesses with you so that everything can be confirmed. Okay, now here's the thing. You know, in, uh, in Proverbs, it says, the first person to present the case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. So if you have to get to the point where you go to step two, where you have to take one or two people with you, which, incidentally, 
It's not gossip if you share with them what the offense was, but it's a really good idea to make sure that that person is is willing to go with you before you give them any details because, you know, the choice words of a gossip go deep into a man's inmost parts. So you don't want to go to somebody and go, you know what, so-and-so did. Will you go with me? Not like that. It's like this. Hey, I have the unfortunate task of having to go to someone that I've confronted and they, they didn't really listen to me, they didn't really hear me, and, and they didn't really confess or repent, are you willing to go with me to that person? That's when you find out if that person's willing to go with you, because sometimes people will say, no, I am not willing to go with you, sadly. But you make sure that, that that's the way you do it, not that you dump this whole thing on them and poison that person against the other person, because they haven't had a chance to hear the other side, Right? Even in parenting, you can see this. You know, one kid comes to you, so hit me. You're like, what? My darling little child hit you? Right? And then you go and you find out from the other child, oh, the reason that they hit you was because you threw acid in his eyes. Okay, so or something not, not that violent. But, you know, it's like there's usually like some other offense that's already occurred that, that warranted them hitting. Not that they should hit. But you know what I'm saying. I'm digging myself in a really deep hole here. But you understand that usually one kid will come to you and tattle, right? Which is what we do sometimes to the Lord. We tattle about other people and God's going, so what do you want me to do about it? I've already told you in Matthew 18, you need to go to that person, right? Not that God is, a, God doesn't have that attitude towards us. But, it, but when you're parenting, every story sounds right. How many of you have ever seen a movie uh, about a courtroom scene and the lawyer gets up there and presents this amazing case. Wow, that is, that's it. Sealed up, that's the case. And then the defense attorney gets up there and you're like, oh, that's a whole different side of it. So there is the risk that when you take someone else with you, they might see a different side of it. And you might need to be the person to confess and repent. Right? Does that make sense? Okay, so um, I, I said, you know, don't, don't go and gossip. Be open to being wrong in your assessment. Step three, this is a bummer. If the person still refuses to listen after you've gone privately, taken one or two with you, now it says step three. This is what Jesus says. Take it to the church. This is a time where you come to your spiritual leader, either your community group leader or, or a leader in the church, and you say, hey, I have a situation. And may I ask you, please do not come to us before you've done step one or two. Please. I have people all the time, they're like, no, I just wanted to. No, you may not tell me. Because I, I even ask my kids that when they start to try to share something. I'm like, have you gone to that person first? And if the answer is no, then I'm like, I, you can't tell me about that. You have to go to that person first. Okay? So step three is very, very, very rare. But Jesus has given us a provision. If that person will not listen, Take your case to the church, which is evidence. You know, when people, this is just a little freebie here, a little aside. 
when people say that you don't have to go to church to be saved or to be a Christian, you don't have to probably. I mean, there's theological arguments on both sides, but we are the body of Christ and we all need one another. And this is a a text that proves that there is a church, right? That we, we are, we, this is us. We are the church, right? And every member needs every other member, right? We all work together, right? So you take your case to the church after you've done step one and two, and then if he or she doesn't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Wow. That seems so harsh, doesn't it? And I've always read this like, treat them like a pagan or a tax collector. Because that's how Jesus treated them, right? He rejected them, and he shunned them. He's like, I'm not going to eat with those sinners, right? No? Are you guys listening? (laughs) No. Who did Jesus hang out with? Yeah. You know, and, and... I listened to so many teachings on this Matthew chapter 18 because I wanted to hear, you know, kind of what some, some other teachers were saying. And a lot of them say, you treat them as a pagan or a tax collector. Like you're supposed to reject them. Like you suddenly have the right to reject them. What this means, ooh, did I say something wrong? <laughs> okay, I take it back. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong in my assessment here. <laughs> Jesus was a friend to sinners. And one of our policies here at the adventure is that we do not believe in burning bridges in relationship with people. You know, there are biblical provisions where it says that you have to put a brother out from among you if someone claims to be a Christian and is sexually immoral. It says, with such a brother, do not even eat. It's not talking about food. This is talking about fellowship. This is talking about having that unity in the spirit. So if this person does not repent, even after the church, you've taken it to the church, and they don't agree with the church's decision, it doesn't say just reject that person. What it's saying is you need to be a friend to that person, but not necessarily in fellowship, because you have to recognize that that person probably needs some, some repentance. And that's why we have the gospel. The gospel is one of grace. The gospel is one of forgiveness. Right? That's what we're supposed to be about, grace and forgiveness. And our hope is always that someone is going to turn and repent and come back. And we've seen this through the years over and over and over again that we've had to do step three, but we don't burn the bridge. We don't say, you know what? We don't like you anymore. We don't want you here anymore. You know, we we receive people. Yes? Oh, okay. Here's Eric. I was going to, you know, Jody mentioned about kids. The The only thing you have to be careful with kids is, Jody was mentioning not letting them gossip. But it's important that a kid can talk to their parent if they're going through maybe a dangerous situation that they don't want to 
she's not saying that you can't walk them through it. She's saying don't let them gossip about it and go through all the process. But if there is something dangerous for a kid, you want them to be able to have the freedom to talk to their parent about it and then walk them through the process. Oh, thank you so much for clarifying that. Yeah, that's, you you know, gossip is really about the heart, right? Sometimes we do need to talk about things with our family or with a close trusted friend, but in the spirit of grace and forgiveness. And the only reason that we should share these things with anyone else is so that we can come with a, with a godly solution, right? So I'm not saying, uh, yeah, I appreciate him saying that, that, you know, our kids need to come to us if they're in a situation like that. So um, I just want to ask you right now, how many of you uh, are so excited to go confront someone now? Anyone? <laughs> You know, I just I just want to challenge you this morning. It, you may be sitting here and you may not know the Lord. You may not um, love his word in that way. And I just want to say this morning, you know, you can you can be born again. You can be born again of the spirit of the living God. And that's his desire is that we would we would have new minds. It says we have the mind of Christ when we're born of his spirit and we, and we embrace his word. We, we have his mind, and his mind is that of love and acceptance and grace. So this morning, let's just pray together, and I just want to challenge you that if, if someone has sinned against you, or even if you, you suspect that it, they may have sinned against you, you could be wrong right? But can you decide in your heart that you're going to honor the Lord because Jesus gave us this provision. He gave us this black and white pattern, this black and white method to go so that we can be one, even as he and the Father are one, that we can be unified with another believer so that the enemy cannot come in and divide and conquer us, so that we can be so close that we can have understanding and that we can extend grace for one another. So I am going to ask for a response. This is just between you and the Lord. But I want to just address these issues with you. So if you could just bow your head and we'll just pray. Lord, thank you that you are such a God of practicality. Lord, you're such a God of just such depth. Lord, and I thank you so much, God, that you have provided a way for us to be unified with our family, with our church home, with our church body, God, with other believers. Lord, I'm so grateful that you you instruct us and you teach us in the way that we should go, that you uphold us with your strong right hand. Lord, and, and because we're in relationship with people, God, there are going to be offenses or the perception of offenses. And Lord, let us be a church. Let us be a family that doesn't sweep things under the rug. Let us be a family that doesn't just go blast someone because we're angry. But let us be a church family that loves you so much that we're willing 
to lay down our own lives. We're willing to step out of our comfort zone so that we can reconcile. So right now, if, if the Lord has spoken something to you about this, if you know that there's someone, and you know who it is right now, you're trying to, to do a memory clear, you're trying to delete that person's face from your brain, but you know the Holy Spirit is pressing on your heart saying, go, go privately so you can be reconciled, so you can be unified to this person. If you have someone like that right now, could you just slip your hand up just as a sign between you and the Lord? God, I know I need to go to somebody. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you for these that are willing, Lord, to trust you, even though it's really uncomfortable. And I do pray for each one of their situations, Lord, that it would it would be a glorious story of reconciliation. Lord, that it would be a story of unity, God, and that, that um, it would be covered in grace and love. And now for those of you who have done this, you have gone to that person and they didn't listen to you. If you, if you know you need to take one or two with you, can you just lift your hand up as a sign between you and the Lord as a commitment? I'm going to do this. I'm going to take one or two with me. And Lord, I just pray for these situations. Father, I pray that you would resolve it. Lord, that, that there would be a perspective. Lord, that there would be light shed on this situation and that there would be unity and reconciliation in your spirit. In Jesus' name. And uh, the last group is the one I addressed earlier. Those of you, most of those, most of you in here know the Lord. But if there's anybody in here and you haven't fully surrendered to the Lord, you haven't been born again of his spirit, today is the day you can be born again. If there's anybody here like that, I just want to ask you to just come forward and um, if we could have some of our leaders come up for some prayer up front. But if you haven't been born again, I'd just like to ask you to just confess that to somebody and ask them to pray with you so that you can receive the spirit of the living God, that you can be forgiven. Today is the day of your salvation. And Lord, now I want to bless these people that are here, God. Lord, I want to ask that you would just pour out your spirit. Lord, thank you for the new things that you're bringing to the Adventure Church. Lord, thank you for this new season. Lord, thank you that you are releasing Eric to be everything you've called him to be, Lord. And I am so grateful that he is a man who loves you and loves your word. Lord, and I just pray that you would just continue to make his path straight, Lord. And that you would just continue, Lord, to give us practical ways to love the way that you love. To lay down our lives for our friends, Lord. And we are just so grateful, God, that you are so good and that you are so perfect. And I just speak your blessing over these people right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So before you leave, I just want to ask you to just encourage two or three people on the way out the door. Just encourage them in the Lord and let them know that that God is a God of goodness. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. See you next Sunday.